All right, and welcome once again to the Dice of Screaming Podcast. Oh. I'm Randy. I'm Mike. And he's Mike, and I'm Randy, and together we form the Dice of Screaming Podcast. <laughs> the empty humped camel of gaming podcasts. Oh. <laughs> We're stumbling out of the desert on nothing but fumes. <laughs> this is all we got. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, you're stuck with us, or at least I hope you are. Uh, we're going to be talking about some gaming topics, and uh, it's Topic Tuesday, where we usually just kick around a few things here and there and make ourselves a nuisance for a while, and oh, hope we sure. entertain you. And uh, and we put a little thought into this one. Yeah, you know, yeah. there, there, there's a little, I think there's some meat on the bones here. We we, we don't have to crack the bones to get to the marrow on this. Oh, yeah. It, it should be informative and at least marginally amusing. Yeah, we hope so. So, uh, no call-ins this week, so... Uh, We'd be remiss, ding, if we didn't mention some of our friends around there. Uh, Joe Richter with sports, no, with uh, from the Wheeler, whoa. <laughs> yes, uh, Wheeler, whoa, Wheeler, podcast. whoa. And, of course, Jason from RPG Nerds Variety Podcast, oh, as well yes. as Frosoth. We haven't heard from you. I've seen you uh, active, Froth, on uh, doing your zines and stuff like that, so good, good on, on you. you. Yeah. Those, uh, the some psionic of, platypi. I know. Doing some other stuff. Dave Aldridge also uh, out there raising Kane out in the OSR frontier. Kane had it coming. Oh, well, he sure did. We all got it coming. That's the <laughs> big thing. So, yeah, we want to just make a shout out to a few of our friends out there. And, uh, of course, we don't get uh, to sit down together too often these days. So, forgive us if we don't call in as much. We really didn't. Uh, it's hard to get two guys down, settle down to uh, do like a minute or two of uh, podcast call-ins. To our friends, but uh, also Gothridge Manor. Oh, yes. Yeah, stately Gothridge Manor. Stately and beautiful Gothridge Manor. Yeah, I missed going up to there. I feel like there should be a Cure concert taking place in, like in the on the veranda. Yeah, I think that, that Gothridge Manor, you know, uh, besides the closed cigarette smoking jackets and... Yeah. Uh, oh. They, I think they, they, what do they call those long extended uh, cigar smokers? Cigarette smokers? Oh, Do they have a, a yeah, cigarette holder. That's yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, I thought they had some kind of fancier name. For I bet it. they do. Uh, in other countries, yeah, but we're in the sticks of Michigan. I always <laughs> there's a cigarette holder. Besides the silver cigarette holders, closed cigarettes, and smoking jackets, I imagine that playing softly in the background is the cure. <laughs> so and, oh boy. Tim Shorts is just going to come over and just like I I don't know these guys. Please never call my podcast again. Distance himself from us for sure. All right, so uh, we're going to go and uh, just go right into some commercial time here, and be right back at you with our topic. So stick around. All right, and welcome back. And so we're coming at you with some topic. And so what is our topic tonight? Well. As long as we were earlier mentioning the cure, that leads us to the question, what was the disease? Yeah, and there no. is our topic, kimono open. Disease. You know, fantasy diseases, magical diseases, the whole gamut. And of course, one of the great bailiwicks of fantasy gaming is that the cure disease spell, the cure, is readily available. Just a third level cleric spell away. Oh, yeah, which... One of the nice sides of fantasy gaming is that potions, scrolls, uh, spells are not inaccessible for these problems. However, the game does mix it up a little bit and make some more difficult to deal with than others. There are a few things that 
a simple cure disease will not be sufficient. True. But for the most part, yeah, it is a... We'll discuss the changes throughout the additions in the years. Um, now diseases are treated a little differently, but yes, um, diseases aren't um, necessarily always negated by a cure disease spell, and we'll discuss that as we go on here. But Yeah, and the gist of it is that the game has adapted to still throw some curveballs, but to keep this an obstacle that is easy to employ without devastating your players. And I like that. It, it's one of the nice facets of the game, to run into those unique challenges. Not all of them are, you know, the monster is the challenge. Sometimes uh, the challenge is something that you, you can't shove a sword into. Yeah, and, you know, disease, uh, roughly, D&D and some of its clones run roughly on the uh, side of real-world uh, diseases themselves, like typhoid and uh, well besides some of the venereal diseases which that's a total different topic onto itself but uh, <laughs> it does bear some evidence yes social diseases also uh, one night with venus a lifetime with mercury yeah uh, how many fighters has poor mike played <laughs> that have uh, irritated the clerics for a cure disease spell hey cleric it hurts when i do that then don't do that yeah <laughs> no, uh, leaving aside the social disease possibilities. Um, yeah, they, in uh, the first they... iteration of E and D in uh, first edition Dungeon Master's Guide, a marvelous table was cooked up that did not name specific diseases per se. Yeah, they it said like cholera by symptoms by the dominant symptom or area that it would affect upon the body. You know, is this a disease mm -hmm. of the skin? Is this a disease of the internal organs? Uh, is this a disease that is more of uh, a lung-focused? Or is this uh, something that, you know... Oh, yeah, like the, the classical Greek, the phlegmatic, the blood, the air, and, of course, the bile. And by avoiding being pinned down with just simple disease names, the game made it possible to really just wing it and randomize. And you could determine by circumstance what was going to happen. Yeah, and they also gave the stable diseases of cholera, typhus, and uh, various septic fevers and things of that nature. But, you know, if you look at uh, the Dungeons & Dragons game and where you're primarily adventuring, you know, you're more likely to uh, show up with uh, a case of lockjaw and uh, a nasty infection. Yeah, good old-fashioned tetanus from a rusty sword. Or, yep, or just a <laughs> infected wound not properly treated. Yeah. It grows uh, pestilent and uh, inflamed after a few days that sets into uh, septic fever. Now... You know, so many adventures, the characters wind up crawling through swamps or oh, uh, down into sewers. And, and the sewer runs of, through it. Yeah, chronic uh, classic lesson in D&D &D is that, oh, the enemy is probably down in the sewers. Uh, and this is a great opportunity for DMs to trot out that fabulous old chestnut, the disease table, and any injury or open wound that is exposed to that environment is it a much greater rate of infection? I mean, there's such a high likelihood that something parasitic or unpleasant mm -hmm. yep, is going to creep into that atmosphere. Yeah, they even went in the tables of every day you spent in an urban environment, you checked, 
and it got cumulative up to a certain percentage of days that you spent in a city, you could catch some type of parasitic infection from improperly prepared food, or... I'm going to need some... extra iron rations. I'm, I'm feeding a couple of tapeworms here. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> and all, all the way up to, of course, the social aforementioned social diseases, as well as just uh, the typical bubonic plague and uh, cholera that was endemic of those points in time. But... All right, so you have fantasy cities, and obviously you don't want to play, you know, uh, diseases and diphtheria. So <laughs> what do you do? And, of course, like Mike said, they also had a nice uh, chart laid out where you could determine different types of diseases. So you could come up with your own fantasy diseases like the shakes, the egg, the bone egg, or, you know, lockjaw, called principally, you know, the uh, timorous arm or... Uh, the welts, you can <laughs> the come wailing wretches, you know, the just... rattles, you know, <laughs> things that can add a little bit of color and flair. I mean, uh, grave rot. Um, it actually did do uh, somebody in in real life. Uh, the people who opened King uh, Tutankhamun's tomb, I believe, uh, Howard Carter. Yeah, uh, Howard Carter and Company. Um, you know, because it, it's not a curse. It's just that you, know, you opened a place full of very old dead bodies. Uh, all kinds of yeah, and you inhaled it for a long period of time. <laughs> the only thing in there is the spore of vermin, oh, you know, <laughs> uh, aerosolized into dust, and then you're breathing that. Not a pretty picture. Yeah, lung infections, and uh, of course, there's many ways to get them. So now you don't want to play, obviously, exactly like what Randy said. Nobody wants to make the whole game, uh, you know, <laughs> doctors and diseases. Uh, or Pandemic, the RPG. You know, just, that, that may not be what you're looking for. Uh, however, as far as being a facet of gaming, uh, I think it's a great reality adder, you know, without being overly realistic. It doesn't trump the ability to have, uh, for instance, clerics and magic and things like that that can provide you with curatives. Uh, but, again, that tends to be semi-expensive stuff, so you couldn't necessarily uh, nerf all outbreaks of irritating diseases. No, you will know, you know, even if you have a totally good aligned affordable cleric act yeah. uh, of clerics that do Saren Ray or Pelor that just go around healing people, you know, no charge, just, yeah, my God gives me this spell, you know, three times a day. Yeah, even under, uh, those, even do that, even under those wonderful circumstances, uh, you know, something that spreads rapidly through a population in an urban environment, you know, just tens of thousands of people, no group of clerics is going to be able to keep up with that. Yeah, and that's, you know, a plague and a conjugation are classic tropes for adventure and mythic scenarios that develop into taking a pandemic and turning it into an adventure scenario to find a cure or, more importantly, find a artifact or relic that can heal a great number of people at once. Now, I'm not sure. There's a high likelihood that everybody who is listening to this podcast remembers the game Neverwinter Nights, uh, which was the PC uh, game version of D&D. Yeah. Uh, Neverwinter Nights, its initial outing was that there was a terrible disease afflicting the city that magic, the traditional clerical magics, could not seem to stop. And so you had to collect the reagents uh, for mm -hmm. them to formulate an acceptable cure. Now, 
that just kind of tells you that it is really a classic trope. I mean, it goes right back to uh, uh, Albert Camus' The Plague, uh, where you see this morality play mm -hmm. of people descending into desperation and, you know, uh, the wicked die alongside the pure. It, uh, you know, the terrible person survives and the good person dies. And uh, the terrible people wind up doing good things and the good people wind up doing terrible things. The world is turned on its head. Up is down. Night is day. Uh, you don't know, you know, where you stand all of a sudden. Everything that you thought you could depend on is, is shaken. And so it's a very popular trope in both literature and then yeah. eventually fantasy. And here we are with it in gaming. And so you can turn it into, like I said, a, a mythic uh, point of a campaign that there's a terrible plague going through the city that the characters are currently re residing in, and there could also be a quarantine set up to with which the players cannot leave, or if they are found to have come from that infected city, they will be killed on sight or most likely driven away. <laughs> Huck rocks at them. Yeah, if they have too many hit points, they'll just drive them away. Um, Bring yeah. out your dead. Bring out your dead. Mostly dead. Um, He's only mostly that's dead. That's right. He's only mostly dead, so we still got some life left in him. <laughs> and so, you know, your player characters have to look for this. Now, one of the things that kind of annoys me as a player is, like, you give players abilities and then you take them away, which is kind of endemic of the principle of, like, okay, you get cure disease, so everybody's going to have access to this at a certain level. Okay, fair enough. But I think that, like, uh, Pathfinder did a pretty good job of putting a casting uh, that Cure Disease allowed you, you had to overcome the disease-saving throw with your caster level check. So, it, you know, like, Cure Disease gave you your level plus a die 20, and you rolled that, and if it exceeded the saving throw, then the disease was dispelled. If it See, wasn't... That is a good balance. Yeah. You that know, is a good balance that uh, sets it up so that the relative strength and skill of the cleric uh, is in direct opposition to the relative severity of the disease. Right, a fifth-level cleric casting <laughs> cure disease because he has access to third-level spells is only going to be rolling a die 20 plus 5. Now, yeah, of course, you roll a 19 or 20. Yeah, that's pretty good to beat most diseases. But if it's a virulent strain of the plague, like a uh, saving throw at 19, yeah, yeah, that's 14 or above. You're going to start needing, and, you know, it's, the city is smoked with bubonic plague, and yeah. it's incredibly virulent. The then you wind up, you need, like, 8th and ninth level clerics to be doing this to have a sufficient role to guarantee likely success. Yeah, and even, and, and now you have to look to the skills, like the herbalism proficiency in 2nd edition. Oh, classic. And um, to offset some of the symptoms and effects of the disease and try to give people bonuses they're saving throw. And, of course, that goes through the other editions all the way, not a fifth. And, of course, you know, um, this puts great emphasis on just having the healing skill or herbalism. I just want to bring back plague doctors with the big old bird mask. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's been... Because, uh, awesome. That's that's actually making quite a recurrence lately in uh, a lot of uh, fantasy art. Really? Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of it on DeviantArt and other cool. places. Yeah, a lot of people are... Now, I actually know uh, a DM currently uh, doing a 3.5 retro campaign uh, that is using the classic plague trope uh, for a city and the adventurers... Uh, understand that it is a plague that is being inflicted upon the city by magical and or, you know, 
non-natural means. This is right. not simply some easily cured thing. Uh, and so the struggle has been to root out who's responsible for this uh, and how is it uh, that we can break free and unravel the plot and then ultimately you know, bring the city out of this crisis. Because uh, they're obviously being softened up for some purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, that is just classic gaming. I mean... Yeah, Curse of know, the Crimson Throne, Adventure Path. Oh, do they that. have that in there too? Yeah, they have a... Uh, I believe the city of Corvosa undergoes a plague. And uh, it's engineered. Oh, wow. Yeah, All right. Some crazy vampire. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so it's one of those things where... Again, it's I don't I kind of want to avoid saying it's a trope, but it is, and maybe mythic is the wrong term. Uh, legendary, I think maybe fits in. You know, it, it's heroic to want to save people's lives. So even if you have some of the most uh, lowliest scummy type of characters, and no offense to anybody who plays, you know, rogues, just kidding. Uh, hey, hey, I don't feel called out here. Yeah, yeah I'm triggered. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> all right, no. I'm just saying. I know somebody even, was getting a backstab in the next campaign. Nothing makes uh, you know the darkness or the heroics shine brighter than coming from a place of darkness. And of course, you know, having the less than noble characters, uh, having the people that you depend on to save the population from the plague, is a good adventuring. I do idea. like that redemption arc. Yeah, when and I'm then, you know, the, the, the thieves guild are the only ones who can get in and out of the city to uh, you know smuggle in the cures. Not Robert. Smith, of course, but... Oh, I'm, no. Well, I'm, under those stressful circumstances, a nice concert would be lovely. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, seriously, I, I'm i feeling blue. I, I do kind of want to kick back and, like, listen to pictures of you and a oh, forest yeah. and, you know, some of the other classics. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, you know, Boys Don't Cry, you know, just, yeah, that takes the pain away, man. <laughs> you know, I'm not so much with you on the Boys Don't Cry, but I do like, I did like that album. Well, pictures of you. Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. So, yeah, they, they have to go in and, you know, they can smuggle in reagents for a cure. And they're the ones who are often uh, overlooked by the rest of society. And here's their one chance to redeem. And then after everybody's healed, you know, everybody goes back to normal. Hating who the doesn't thief. love the B team, basically? Yeah. Okay. The, the second stringers, okay, where you've got the guys and gals who are not numero uno. Okay. They're not... The golden child, you know, the the, the perfect... Yeah, the paladins of the temple have all been stricken by this virulent strain of the plague. And so now it's the job of some out-of-work bum fighters and a couple <laughs> of rogues and a down-on-their-luck potion-monger mage. You're like, okay, you guys go save the city. What? The city doesn't even like us. <laughs> yeah, but there's a huge pile of gold in this. There Plus, you go. People will adore you. You will literally get free drinks the rest of your life. Privileges galore. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So you know that it's a great redemptive arc, and uh, it, that's a good hook to get players. Classic storytelling. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we did with Corvosa. You know, was the B team? Well, it wasn't quite the B team. They were just kind of more sinister <laughs> and evil characters of that time. But uh, yeah, um, that's a good way to get it in, and also it gives you a chance to, you know, um, in that one they had to make deals with the were rats. And now in Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, oftentimes the Skaven, the insidious Skaven, are responsible for diseases and yeah. letting loose uh, pestilence, you know, rats and uh, verminous creatures around. 
as well as the cultists of Nurgle. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, the Nurglings, oh. you know, just... Yeah, I had a case of Nurgling a while ago, yeah. I was on the toilet for at least an hour. <laughs> Woo! Do you like Nurgling? I don't know, I've never Nurgled. Yeah, well. <laughs> I've always wanted to try, though. No, trust me, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> really? Not, not under any circumstances. Never. Not even, not for love nor money. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um... Not all diseases have to be immune to the cure spell, or remove disease, as it's called. But I do think like things like heal and high level stuff. Anything over fifth or sixth level is pretty much going to get rid of it. But yeah, how many guys are just you know packing that kind of firepower? Yeah, I mean if you can only execute one of those per memorization day, maybe two or three if you're very high level. That that doesn't leave you a lot of wiggle room to just purge the population of this issue. And make sure that there's a world where the player characters will never, never be inconvenienced by it. So it winds up, despite having the, you know, theoretical fantastical advantage of magic and, you know, uh, active deities in D&D, you can still have infections, uh, minor diseases, uh, outbreaks, mm-hmm. uh, parasites. These things can all crop up in just isolated circumstances in them for me. And all right, this is the inner D bag of DMs speaking. Oh, oh no. Okay. I'm just going to let it out. Uh, the most fun for me is players not necessarily knowing that they have been infected with anything. Okay. That little secretive role when they were crawling through the sewers with an open wound, uh, they don't know right that instant that something is wrong. And keeping tabs and then remembering, in fairness, as gameplay moves the story forward by days and or weeks, uh, you eventually have to announce symptoms. You, you really are obligated to inform the player that they are noticing something. Yeah, you know you have an 18 over percental strength? Yeah, 18 over 94% strength. Yeah, it's a 17 now. What? <laughs> just not feeling up to it, man. I mean, you know. Yeah, you are. In, you know how you got that 18 constitution and all that? Uh, uh, you know, you're feeling incredibly winded today for no hey, explicable reason. That wouldn't have anything to do with that one I rolled back while we were in the city, was it? Uh, no, it actually has more to do with the five bucks you owe me off pizza. <laughs> But, uh, you remember yeah. that time you punched the Odeug in the face? <laughs> toe-to-toe slugfest? Uh, well, he was laughing at me. He had it coming. Yeah, you called him Stinkbeard and you <laughs> said, I'm gonna, I'd slap you, but it splatters. Uh, oh, you know. <laughs> Good well, Lord, man. Well, it didn't end well for you. Uh, nope. <laughs> Turned out he had a raging case of typhus. Fortunately, he's immune to it. You're yeah. not. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So... So you wind up with the green apple splatters for a week and you go see the cleric. And you may owe a lot to the temple before it's over. But I love, best of all, player characters outside their home base. Okay? Yeah, this is one I want to pull up as... uh, Bring it up. Well, uh, Mike is pretty familiar with this. The um, Alaskan uh, sled dogs. Which, uh, right at the turn of the century, they had a lot of cholera. And uh, um, typhus outbreaks. They needed uh, 
you know, penicillin and other antibiotics to treat the people as otherwise it wasn't going to end well for anybody. Um, they use dog sled races. but So one of the things to put that has always uh, intrigued me is the players aren't necessarily infected with the plague, but they're trying to stem it off. And so their actions through various means and endeavors have to be to on bareport, excuse me, a cure or some type of treatment to allay the worst symptoms of the disease so it can be treated with by um, or most people, excuse me, goodness. Ooh, that's coming up to haunt me. <laughs> um, a little bit of those uh, chicken patties coming back after dinner. <laughs> a little bit of that, but um, yeah, uh, so you. So, need- Korgoth, yeah. what about the parasite I so stealthily slipped oh. into your meal? Oh, yeah. The gravy. Oh, that's what the... Speaking of dark arts, pass the gravy. But yeah, trying to get uh, the cure to as many people as you could, besides a concert, of course. Dum, dum, dum. And, you know, this in itself is an impetus for an adventure, having to move as quickly as you can with as few delays through dangerous territory, overcoming obstacles, encounters, and other challenges along the way. Yeah, and I mean, unlike Alaska... The occasional angry polar polar bear is not all you got to deal with. Right. It uh, could also be the machination of a evil cult, and you know they may be sending agents to waylay you and forestall your return. So yeah. So your guys are trekking across the wastes, and the next thing you know, I mean, they're getting jumped every which way. How many people live out here, even? Jeez. Well, it just seems like they want to come after you. <laughs> and of course, there's other ways of being, rather than just catching a bad case of the uh, an influenza. There's not just the normal means of affliction through an infected wound or um, just the normal type of conjugation, but there's also parasites, which can also resemble a lot of effects of disease. (laughs) The Grand Candero. Yeah, and the The uh, pinworms, as we were talking about, the uh, gut worm (laughs) that I just inhaled from the chicken patty. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hookworms. Get in me. <laughs> oh, no. So that's another form of conjugation that isn't, uh, or disease that doesn't get uh <laughs> Nothing like hookworms on bare feet, okay? that That's one for the record books. If you if you ruin your player's boots mm. uh, in swamp country, there you, go. Uh, you have just screwed them good. Leeches and everything else are latching on like crazy. Uh, and it's, it's worth mentioning, you know, that boots are not perfect protection for player characters. Yeah, besides uh, Berry Berry... Uh, dengue fever, and, of course, malaria, which has probably killed more of the people, I think, than any other form of strain of virulence. Oh, yeah. I mean, in in uh, modern times, certainly. Yeah. Uh, you know, malaria is still, to this day, uh, quite a quite a threat mm-hmm. in some parts of the world. So, you know, worth mentioning, uh, the plucky adventuring party that is going to that deserted island uh, in the tropics in search of a ruined temple... There's no reason you shouldn't subject them to yeah. exotic disease. Yep, a exotic disease that also uh, maybe not stops them from adventuring, but afterwards requires them to recover for a lengthy period of time to recover their stats or um, shake it off fully. Uh, especially exposed to uh, curative magics, clerics, and uh, herbalists, now chemical. This is a great point. Uh, you know, you really hit on something here that I, I want to expand on a little. <clears throat> Not every disease is fatal, okay? 
and not every disease that the players encounter in D&D should be fatal. Now, inconvenient, uh, crippling, extremely in embarrassing, you know, <laughs> all of these things are plausible without just cold-heartedly slaying your player characters. It's not necessary to go that far. It is still entertaining, it is still challenging to put them in a position where their resources are diminished, uh, some of their strong suits may be taking a little knock, right. uh, and they've got to rest up. Maybe if a mission is time-sensitive, this is a terrific way to really make them sweat off one of those extra days they thought they had. Like, right. oh, we'll have no trouble getting back to the wizard's tower in time. Oh, yeah, you you're laid low. Your, fat your fatigue condition has turned to exhausted. You can only move at half speed. There are five of you, and two of you are sick with this and are moving at half speed. Uh, you might be able, if you got a couple of mounts, to rig some litters and try to keep pace. Yep. But <clears throat> the DM throwing challenges at people like this is part of the racket. It's not always just monsters and magic curses. There are great ways to put people on the spot, make them sweat about how much time is left. Literally. Yeah. Oh, and, and I do mean literally. That They will be sitting there on the edge of their seat like, ah, you know, right, calculate our movement speed. Our per day average is X number of miles. We've got two mounts. We have two people who are being dragged by the mounts. So we're technically only moving at our maximum walking speed. Uh, and watching them calculate... If we could just make it seven leagues. Yeah, uh, but it's very vital we make our next saving throws. Yeah. To see if we can shake this thing off once and for all. Then we're going to make it. Yeah. And, you know, the failure should not mean necessarily the end of the world. It can. Well, yeah, like when we talked about our poisons, um, most poisons don't actually kill. Yes, of course there are poisons that oh, kill. Oh, they sting like po a mofo, but... But most poisons debilitate. Yeah, uh, they're not insta-death. Just... Yeah, they take a long time to work. I mean, uh, I think there's what, in nature, there's literally just a handful of poisons that kill you outright. I mean, I think it's down under 20. Yeah, what it's, and those are the ones that are incredibly deadly neurotoxins. Yeah, neurotoxins uh, and uh, ones that attack not only just the neural, uh, neural system, but your uh, heart. And I, I uh, believe one of them was that tiny jellyfish. That, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... They're rare creatures, not commonly common, uh, encountered. I mean, uh, well, there's the coral snake, which is very lethal. And, of course, the black mamba. Very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> um, and, yeah, there, I mean, yes, obviously we're not trying to be flippant. There are oh, yeah, very uh, venomous creatures out there. But, by and large, poison, is, you know, it takes you down a notch and it keeps working and you know, slowly you will succumb to either its effect or, you know, it'll pass through you and, you know, leave you ravaged for a period of time. Oh, if you read the excerpts of um, explorers from 100 to 200 years ago, uh, many of them chronicled uh, the progression of diseases that they had never encountered before yep. in their lives. And they watched the people around them decimated by it. Uh, and they could only leave behind the most rudimentary... Some of these were not medically trained personnel here. Okay? Right. They're, it's not like they had a Not access to, yeah, to a full coroner with a forensics. So they, they could only make visu visual observations and 
come up with their own summations of what was going on. You know, uh, this man clearly has a terrible fever. Uh, he has broken out in scarlet spots from head to toe, uh, and he is bleeding from his eyes. Yeah. Uh, Sweating profusely and incoherent most of the time. You know, and that, that was all the information they left behind. But they did have people who lived through them. You know, that you know, a crew of 20 people go out on a mission, and four of them come out the uh, two months later going, Holy crap! I can't believe we're back in civilization! I am going home to my wife, and I'm never going away again. You know, that, that was not an uncommon story. Yep, so when you do decide to use diseases, um, of course, having an adventure framework makes it much more exciting, and of course, they can also be incidental. They can be, uh, they can increase the tension in a campaign uh, or an adventure. And of course, as always, uh, it's up to you how much you want to use them. How, too much, too little. Of course, it's a spice. Use Absolutely. It. If you want to make it the central focus of a campaign arc, then go for it. And if you're in an, an area where you feel it's perfectly acceptable to be exposed to diseases, then, you know, go for it. If you just want to knock people down, uh, like a, a hit dice worth before they fight a mini boss so that they will be extra challenged. That too, you know, you don't have no, to can... make this the giant campaign arc we mentioned before. Brandy's absolutely right. Doesn't have to be the big world ender, but it's a great art tool in the arsenal of the DM to be applied, you know, uh, not to make a pun here, but to be applied surgically. <laughs> yes. Strategically, place it where you need it. Make it work for you. It is just one more tool in the toolkit of the storyteller and the DM. All right. Well, I think with that, we've uh, worn out your eardrums and our good welcome. Are you sick of us yet? Yeah. <coughs> oh, cough, cough. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And uh, the chicken, the spicy chicken patty I had uh, burgers for uh, dinner tonight. Ooh. Sorry about that. Peace. Untimely. But uh, nonetheless, uh, as always, if you have any comments or questions, of course, you can get a hold of us on our Dice or Screaming Facebook page, which uh, has been pretty active of late, so thanks a lot for everybody who's been checking in on that. Right-o. As well as you can get a hold of us on Twitter or me at uh, Death Hand Gaming. And myself at Match Vox. Yeah, let us know what you think. And if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, or if you have something you'd like to add, just download the Anchor app and uh, leave us a message, and we'll put you on air and talk with you. Send us lemur mail. Just, you know, fling feces at us. Oh, no, <laughs> please don't. I'm kidding. Play a, play a pass. pass. <laughs> I don't want you. <laughs> Do not fling poo at us. <laughs> but uh, we're going to sign off here. So until next time, may, may the, the dice always roll in your favor. favor. We're out. See ya. <laughs>